Welcome to Rigo's Business Review, where we bring you the latest in leadership, business, and tech. I'm your host, Carl Rigo. Join us each week as we share unexpected insights and underreported stories from the world of business to inform, uplift, and inspire, and make you think. Hello, and thank you for tuning in for the podcast. This episode is personal. It's about why we do what we do here and how we get unstuck and get back on purpose when life sends us a curveball. We begin with a true story about a surprise encounter with an unexpected mentor. Then we move on to an anecdote about what happened when former Bank of England Governor Mark Carney walked into a bar with Pope Francis. We'll explore what their interaction can tell us about our modern predicament. And we close with insights on our creative process or how we got unstuck. Now on with the show. You may have noticed we had a brief hiatus. More on that later. This episode is about getting back on purpose. But first, we'll ask, how are you doing? How are you really? Are you peaceful? Sometimes we can get overwhelmed in life and temporarily lose the strength to do the things that strengthen us. On that topic, I'd like to share a quick story. Our tale takes place in London during the recent lockdown. A story about a man named Michael, called Miserable Michael. Michael hadn't always been miserable. In fact, he started out his consulting business and had done well. And he was inspired about the future and about reaching many more people and helping them live their dreams through their businesses. He really wanted to serve other people. But after over a year, in isolation and lockdown and with the ups and downs of business uh, his business had dried up he'd gotten so stressed that he wasn't even able to look after himself so to focus he put all his hobbies and creative outlets all non-essentials to the side everything except chasing clients and balancing the books has that sort of thing ever happened to you after an excruciatingly difficult month or as some would say, a real character building experience with mounting business and financial disappointments, conflict with loved ones related to that, and niggling health issues, he faced a real crucible of leadership, in this case, self-leadership. He was stressed, very stressed indeed. Another word for this negative sort of stress is fear. And the thing about fear is that when it takes over, it squeezes out joy and can cut us off so that we lose our connection to our inner knowing and our heart. I wonder if that has ever happened to any of us. But back to the story. On a particularly pressurized day, Michael managed to pull himself away from his work and dragged himself outside for a walk, heart and head still pounding, still busy with work and minutia swirling around. He went out along the crowded streets with cars honking and he's still pondering in his head how am i going to sort this out i've got all these problems how am i going to make payroll how are we going to serve find win and keep these customers how am i going to keep my family happy because people are complaining about some of the decisions i've had to make recently on and on so he went down the busy london streets he carried on when he got a mile or two from home as he continued to trudge up a hill just near hampstead heath he looked to his right and saw a fence and an iron gate surrounded by vines. 
a sign above the gate said World Peace Garden. And he noticed that the, the area was nestled between a busy road on one side and train tracks on the other. The gate was slightly open, so he entered and went down a few steps. He was immediately surrounded by acacias blooming and bumblebees buzzing with kind trees leaning over and providing shade, archways and winding paths bursting with blooms and rosebuds and sound of wind chimes and little, little wooden signs posted about saying things like be here now. It was a pleasant sunny day with a light breeze if, and then children were playing in the park and he felt ah oh, yes this is life but he still had a lot on his mind so he ambled down the winding paths and ducked under low branches and leaves and hanging flowers and breathed out a bit more ah but he still had some mental traffic he then turned a corner and stepped into a clearing and came upon a small pond no larger than a puddle and there in the water, looking up at him, he saw a little frog. And what happened next was totally unexpected. Michael said, I looked at the frog and he looked at me. And in that moment, time stopped. And we had what philosopher Martin Buber would call a profound I and thou moment of connection. I saw that the frog was peaceful sitting there in his own element. Michael said he was moved and relieved, and it brought a tear to his eye. He said it brought him out of his head and the swirling thoughts and into the present moment. He said it was as if it broke the spell, and he realized everything was connected. Michael continued, he said, as I watched the frog, I remembered something I'd read about one definition of intelligence, which is the degree to which a being lives in harmony with its environment. And this frog was doing a much better job of it than I was. My attitude and mind had been quite discordant. So you may be wondering whether Michael made any other realizations. Yes, he said, the other thing about a frog is, you see, frogs intuitively know something that we humans forget. Water is vital to a frog. The pond sustains him. Frogs do not do well when they are away from water for too long, when they stray too far. So too for we humans when we move away from what sustains us. In fact, poet and cancer survivor Mark Nepo says that life is about staying close to what is sacred or meaningful and inspiring. And when we don't, we can feel lost or in pain. Michael realized that he had sidelined and put off the very creative activities and hobbies, his outlets for expression, which inspired him and brought him joy. And he did so in order to focus on the problems, which of course only magnified them. Yes, he was busy, but the joy had gone out of living. Closing off that side of himself, he had gotten in his own way. He had blocked his natural flow and had gotten off center. And on a deeper level, he sensed that it was the very act of staying connected to those things that inspired him and pouring out what he had to offer creatively. It was those things which would carry him beyond the temporary sticking point he was facing. 
liberated from the prison of his habitually worrying mind, he bowed and thanked the frog, and he was inspired to do one other thing as well. You see, Michael was also a photographer, but he hadn't made time to do that much, let alone spend some uninterrupted time out in nature and just being and observing. So he took out his camera and snapped a picture of the frog and the flowers as a reminder. And he continued his walk. As he did, he felt much more grounded and the stress dissipated and was gone and his peace had fully returned. Michael later said that he recalled that peace is like love and knowledge in that the more it is shared, the more it expands and multiplies. The frog had given me the gift of peace that day, which allowed me to get back on track to do as the Jamaicans say, to stand on crooked and cut straight. Michael said that part of his purpose was to give his gifts and use his, his creative strengths and contribute. It is hard to see clearly how best to do that when you're wound up so tightly in your troubles and chasing clients that you forget to breathe. It's like Gandhi said, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. Having regained his peace and perspective and reconnected with his inner harmony, and making time for regular walks and breaks, which allowed him to remain clear and stay out of overwhelm, and to remain in his own element, he realized that the more regularly he took breaks, the more he remained clear and in flow, the more productive he became. And in time, his situation improved, business picked up, and he and his business lived happily ever after, or something like that. You can find one of Michael's photos as the cover art for this episode. And if you look closely, you can see that frog next to the blades of grass in the pond. And how about us? What's our purpose here with this podcast? Well, one aspect of my purpose is to enhance people's lives through communication and leadership, looking to make the world a better place. For more on what that looks like on a grander scale, we head to the Vatican to find out what happened when Mark Carney and Pope Francis walked into a bar. We'll be a fly on the wall for a lunch meeting between the two of them, which sheds light on our modern predicament as a society and points toward a potential way out. In his new book, Values, Building a Better World for All, Mark Carney reflects on how our society has come to embody Oscar Wilde's aphorism, knowing the price of everything but the value of nothing. He says that, he points out that, how by elevating belief in the market to an inviolable truth, we moved from a market economy to a market society. And he discusses how we can turn this around. Mark tells a story about how when he went to a meeting, a lunch meeting at the Vatican with various uh, business leaders, academics, and charity workers, he said, Pope Francis surprised us by joining the lunch and sharing a parable. He observed that our meal will be accompanied by wine. Now, wine is many things. It has a bouquet, color and richness of taste that all complement the food. 
It has alcohol that can enliven the mind. Wine enriches all our senses. At the end of our feast, we will have grappa. Grappa is one thing, alcohol. Grappa is wine distilled. Pope Francis continued, Humanity is many things, passionate, curious, rational, altruistic, creative, self-interested. But the market is one thing, self-interested. The market is humanity distilled. And then he challenged us, Your job is to turn the grappa back into wine, to turn the market back into humanity. This isn't theology. This is reality. This is the truth. Mark Carney later characterizes the challenge as one of rebalancing value and values. And he closes the opening chapter by stating, he says, My experience in the private and public sectors accords with Pope Francis' parable. Value in the market is increasingly determining the values of society. We are living Oscar Wilde's aphorism at incalculable costs to our society, to future generations, and to our planet. And he says, uh, he will argue that once we recognize these dynamics, we can turn grappa back into wine and channel the value of the market back into the service of the values of humanity. Well, doesn't that sound great? How might we do that? So, well, we are all part of the market. Each in our own way can make a difference according to our unique gifts. So for me personally, and one thing we do here in the podcast is by sharing insights and lessons we've gleaned along the way, both personally and professionally, to help uh, uplift, inform, and inspire. And on that note, we wanted to share some insights on what inspired us to start the podcast and what has encouraged us to carry on with our creative process. That's the topic of our self-coaching segment in the Executive Suite. Welcome to the Executive Suite. Today we're going to share some insights on our creative process and in particular how we got unstuck. So, Have you ever thought, well, gosh, I've got some things to say or I really would like to, to do something artistic or creative, but well, I'm not very creative or artsy. So for me, for example, I say I can't paint, I'm colorblind, <laughs> I can sketch sort of. Uh, and I said, well, thankfully, I, I was on the radio for two years and I, I did have a great mentor and producer there who's done some work with the BBC to help ease me into things. So that was really helpful. But when it came time to, to doing my own show, I thought, wow, how am I going to do that? And I thought, well, I felt they did have some things to say, but where to begin and will I be able to do it? Will it be good enough? Then I read this great quote from Igor Stravinsky on creativity. Stravinsky was regarded as one of the most influential composers of the 20th century. He said, Creating is never given to us all by itself. It goes hand in hand with the gift of observation. A true creator may be recognized by his ability to find about him, to the commonest and humblest thing, items worthy of note. I thought, well, that I can do, or at least try. So we got started with the podcast, which went, went pretty well. We learned and we really enjoyed it. And then several months later, life intervened. So we took a break and went on hiatus. But then I missed it terribly and I felt I was no longer in circulation and that uh, some of 
my piece had been sacrificed as well. It was as a carpenter and, and master teacher of antiquity from Galilee once said, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. End quote. Indeed, a painter must paint, a poet must write, and a speaker must speak. Poet Mark Nepo described engaging with our creative process as drinking from the river of light, which says it all, really. I believe we are each of us on our way to greatness. And how do we get there? Use your gifts. Your gift is your gate to greatness. Your gifts will make a way for you. Paraphrasing an ancient text and one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Iyanla Van Zant. So how do we do that in our creative pursuits, especially those of us who've come from technical fields and or are perfectionists? Well, for me, it was a classic case of what got you here won't get you there. You see, I originally trained as an engineer and engineers build bridges and airplanes and things that have no margin for error and must be done right the first time or else face serious consequences. So what that meant was when I got into the creative industry, I used to agonize over these radio segments I would do here in London, sometimes spending five hours condensing gems down into a five minute segment. Why? Because I wanted to give my very best and really share the quintessential view on a topic. So I carried on that way for, the, for a while, doing my radio appearances. Then over time, I realized, and these are some of the breakthroughs I want to share, I realized that rather than it being a real kind of drag to, to, to do this, um, I started out being really excited by it, but then five hours later it became a bit of a drag <laughs> trying to refine, refine, refine. I thought, well, rather than seeing it as give, me giving the official canonical take on a subject, which is subjective anyway, to realize that, Carl, you're simply presenting a perspective on the topic and it's just one angle, one take on it in this particular moment in time. And secondly, it's a piece of art anyway, so there's no right or wrong as long as it's factually accurate in this particular creative process. Thirdly, good and done or shipped is better than perfect, but a, a perpetual work in progress, right? It's like entrepreneur revolution author, Daniel Priestley says, prolific beats perfect, right? And as we know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Something else I've realized is the importance of just beginning, just taking that first baby step and that little bit of momentum will, will overcome the initial procrastination and carry you forward and over most obstacles. And another really important distinction that I picked up, if there are any perfectionists out there, anyone with a real high need for achievement, this one's for you. I realized that I needed to be more Netflix and less Johnson & Johnson. So Netflix, if you've caught that episode of the podcast, we talked about how the Netflix culture is about, rather than spending a lot of time and effort trying to prevent any sort of error. In the creative industry, it's, there's not a huge downside to making small errors in the process. You can correct them later on. It's not life or death. Whereas at Johnson & Johnson, where I started there, if you're handling medical devices and things like that, you really do have to get it right first time. So it's worthwhile to invest a lot of time and effort upfront 
and perfecting the processes and things like that so that you don't have errors on the back end. But in the Netflix culture, one of the things that allowed them to grow really quickly and, and retain really creative staff members is that they cultivate and encourage that creativity by not having people be inundated with process and so much checking to try to prevent making a mistake. That kind of disconnects you from being creative and in the moment and actually producing content rapidly. So I realized in creative endeavors, best to take a page out of Netflix book and leave the Johnson & Johnson approach for, when, for those functions that really are critical. So now my creative process is about getting clear and, and getting in touch with my heart. So I do things like I sing or I walk in nature, or I meditate to kind of get me centered in who I am and what I have to give when I do this work. Because this is a platform for artistry and it is a vehicle for my own unfolding. Nowadays, we are drowning in information, but starving for wisdom and insight. When we get our creative work right, there is a real need for what we're providing and we're making a, an important contribution. And doing so allows us and others to be our best selves at work and at home in our personal and professional lives. Just as the pond sustains the frog and allows it to be at peace, doing this podcast soothes me and is part of my life's purpose. How about you? What sustains you? I believe that when we are in our element and stay close to what is sacred and meaningful to us, we make decisions and contributions of a higher order for people, the planet, and our shared prosperity. One way we can each do this is to give ourselves enough space to find our truth and live it, and to do so moment to moment, day by day, to really be in our element, just like that frog. Stay tuned for more on this topic. That's all for this episode. Tune in next time for the latest insights and hidden gems from the world of business. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. For any feedback, suggestions, or questions you'd like us to cover, you can email us at krego at lxauk.com and on LinkedIn at karl-rego. Until next time, onwards and upwards. And thank you for listening. Rego's Review, signing off.